This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I must release right now. Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And normally, we're here to talk about Buffy and Gilmore Girls, but this week we're doing something a little different. Yeah. Next week, we'll be doing our Season 7 wrap-up episode, where we discuss all things Season 7, but we decided to take a little break first. We had kind of a crazy week. It was your birthday. It was my birthday, so we were pretty busy over the weekend, which is normally when we do podcast stuff. And also, it was the weekend of the Barbenheimer. Yes. We're going to skip five-star reviews this week, okay? Just because it's not an official Buffy Gilmore episode, we will return with those next week. Yeah, I could just see some people skipping this episode, potentially, and I don't want you to miss your shout-out. You need some shout-outs. You need, you need shout-out. a full shout-out. So, yeah, we're going to discuss our Barbenheimer experience. I think first we'll just maybe generally talk about our day, and then we'll talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer separately. We'll we'll do like sort of spoiler free for each before jumping into maybe more spoilers. We're not going to go crazy detail like we do with the episodes, but we'll give a warning when we're switching to spoilers and I'll do timestamp chapter markers so you can skip ahead to the appropriate section you'd like to listen to in case you haven't seen both or either movie and don't want to know the spoilers. Um, but it was great. It was a great day. It was my actual birthday. We got tickets like... Two, three weeks in advance, at least, because they were already starting to sell out a little bit. We saw Barbie first, which I think was correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Oppenheimer is maybe a little heavy to sit in while you want to have a light-hearted Barbie moment. Because we, we started at like 11 a.m. It just felt right to start light-hearted after breakfast. It feels weird to go from like world-ending storyline to like, <laughs> this is funny. These puns are so good. Although Barbie's darker than you'd expect. <laughs> sure, yeah. We started with, we got some bagels. And we ate them in Washington Square Park where mm-hmm. Rory met Jess. They weren't there when we were there. No. They didn't meet while we were eating the bagels. We were hoping to catch them, but they weren't there. No, there was just a loud man on his cell phone. Very loud. Cute doggies. It was a nice day. I had a, a Barbenheimer shirt that I got and I wore bright pink pants, which Brian maybe thought was silly. But when you get to the theater, I fit right in. I did not say it was silly. You, what you said was, oh, you were like going all out for this or something like that. It was encouraging. <laughs> I had a feeling people would dress up and they I've did. never seen a movie like this. Maybe like Harry Potter, but like not adults like dressing up for a movie. But I, I don't know, like half the people there at least were in pink, I would say. Yeah, a lot of people were. I don't know how many people were doing both, but there were definitely pink people in the Oppenheimer showing. It was pretty funny. A lot of people were doing the Barbieheimer in different orders. We met some people behind us that were like, oh, we're going to go see Oppenheimer. Then we're going to go to Bottomless Brunch and then we're going to come back for Barbie. (laughs) Which Bottomless Brunch might wash out some of the Oppenheimer. So I get that. True. But what was really fun about it is that all these girls were dressed up in pink and you could kind of just tell who had seen Barbie because of that. And so for the whole rest of the night when we were at a bar, Stacey just kept saying, hey, Barbie. Hi, Barbie, to women, and they would go 99% of the time if they were wearing pink, they'd turn back and go, hi, Barbie. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun to just to pass women on the street, even, where we both had, like, something bright pink on and just sort yeah. of, like, wink at each other. I'll dive more into to that once we talk about Barbie. But, um, yeah, it was cool. It was just a really cool phenomenon to be part of. The mm-hmm. night before, I went to a different movie with some friends. I saw Theater Camp, if anybody wants to talk about that. 
because that was the night it came out. And at that theater, there were a ton of people in pink, but it was like all little girls where Saturday was like the big girls, you know? The big girls, yeah. So let's start with Barbie. Spoiler mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. We'll try to be spoiler free. If we feel like we need to do spoilers, we'll transition. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it a lot. It moved me three times yeah. to tears. Hard ones. I cried too. One time? I don't know how many times. Okay. I think two times. It, it was, there was some stuff that was emotional. Ken just really spoke to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken is great. Ken's probably the best part of the movie overall, I think. As far as jokes, yeah. The best joke, which we'll get into in the spoiler territory, for me, is a Ken moment. It's just very creative. I think it's got a great message. I had a feeling that it's near perfect. I do have a few notes, but they're sort of just like minor things to me that maybe could have just been edited a little better. Not so much with like the writing or the choices. There's a few more things that bothered you. I don't think you loved it as much as me. No, there were some things about, but you guys don't understand. I've got this like weird logic brain that like just has issues with stuff that doesn't add up. And it, I, it just ruins movies that are, are good movies, but, like, I can't look past something. Like, The Last Mission Impossible, which I loved, had some stuff in it that I was like, but that, but that doesn't make sense because of this. And it really, like, I'm still thinking about it. So Barbie definitely has this loosey-goosey rip on what's real or, like, the magic realism of it, of the whole universe. So I, I should just let it go. All the acting was fantastic, I thought. One of my critiques is with some of the acting. But, um... The main characters were all great. Yeah. I feel like there'll be a spinoff for Ken. For sure. Because he's sort of a scene stealer. But yeah, just like really powerful messages. And if you were a Barbie fan, there's like so much nostalgia there. Like the detail of the set and the costuming is fantastic. Just like little props and stuff. Yeah. Specific outfits. It's surreal too. Just some of like the choices for how it's presented is just like so creative. This movie is, at the end of the day, if we're being honest, it's corporate propaganda, (laughs) right? I mean, it's Mattel being like, Mattel's awesome and we get you guys. And it's like, okay, but this is corporate propaganda. That doesn't mean the message isn't good or that it's not a great movie. But like at the end of the day, it just technically is corporate propaganda. I can see that. I don't think Mattel didn't like write it, though. They had probably had to sign off on it. Lego didn't write the Lego movie. And that is also corporate propaganda. Sure. That didn't bother me. Is there anything else you want to say spoiler-free? No. No. <laughs> All right, so if you don't want spoilers, we're going to maybe get into a few more of our specific likes and gripes. So cover your ears, skip ahead to the Oppenheimer section, or skip ahead to the goodbyes where we'll probably say something funny. Chapter markers are available below somewhere. All right, Brian, what are your real thoughts now that just the people who want to know are here? I hate Barbie. No, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm choking. It was a very great movie. It was funny. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. I felt like some parts of it dragged, specifically the parts with uh, Will Ferrell, weirdly, who I think is a very funny guy. There's just like some scenes where I was like, but this could have been trimmed. They're keeping it in because everyone on set thinks Will Ferrell is hilarious. But mm-hmm. like, we could trim this these scenes. We don't need them. It's not really about Will Ferrell. Specifically, what you didn't like was like the chase scene. There's a chase scene that is like, cartoonish but it's supposed to be taking place in reality but also it's just it's long and like they go for a couple jokes that do not work for me there's a part where he like tries to climb over the cubicles i'm like 80 percent sure he just like did that improvised and they're like that was funny keep it in but like just yeah. kind of slowed it down and didn't really make sense and also the messaging is a little weird about uh him because he's like a dude in charge who can't justify why he's a guy who's in charge of it but then later he is like 
trying to do the right thing for women. And it was just sort of like, wait, what? Huh? Are you good or bad or what? I thought when they first cut to, so Barbie goes into the real world and then we go inside of Mattel and specifically inside of this boardroom where Will Ferrell is leading a room full of men that all look exactly the same. And the real world we've already spent a few minutes in establishing that it's the world we know. You know, people are sort of judging Barbie and Ken for looking and dressing this way. So we, it, it feels like this is the world we understand. This is the normal. That's the offer, that this is just the regular world. Mm-hmm. But then Will Ferrell and Mattel, at least scenes he's in, are just like also very cartoonish and over the top, which at first felt very jarring because it was like, oh, what? This is also sort of a wacky world. And it bothered me at first, but the more I sat in it, I was like, it has to be a little bit. If we're going to accept that you can just like take six modes of two dimensional transportation and suddenly be in Barbie land. Like if he's aware of that, he already needs to understand that there's like magic happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Otherwise, there'd be a scene where him and all the board members are like, wait, what? Barbie's real? How is that? And we don't want to see that. So just sort of like making that whole thing surreal just like skips that step, which I became fine with. I didn't find any of the Will Ferrell jokes. Well, that's not true, because some of them were funny, but there were some that were not, and I was like, okay, let's just skip this part. This should have been edited out. Also, there's a part where they're talking about, is there any women that work at this office, and he like can't name any, but then later he's like, yeah, the, the ghost of the woman who made Barbie like works here. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that. Did he know her name? I assume he does. I mean, she's the one who made Barbie. I just, because you said he couldn't name her, so maybe he couldn't name her. Oh, sure. The other thing that stood out to me as weird was Michael Sarah playing the character of Alan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of that was really funny. I liked this because con- apparently this is like a real doll that I don't remember. Ken just like had a friend that probably nobody bought because it wasn't Ken. So that was all funny that this guy that nobody really understands is also there. And he's like also confused why he's there. I feel like half the jokes with him work, but then the other half are don't. And I feel like they could have been cut. There's like a fight scene that goes on for a while with just him and it doesn't serve a purpose. I liked that enough. It was weird though. Like why is he stronger than all these construction cans? But I think with the exception of that scene, I don't know that Michael Sarah was like ever actually on the same set as everyone else. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he was green screened in and there was like a few moments where it cuts to him. One time he had a line that I thought fell flat as a joke. I don't remember what it was, but like I thought he delivered it in a weird way. And I think it's because he wasn't on set with the person setting him up. So he didn't know how to like time the delivery of the joke very well. And then there was another time where it just like cut to him for a reaction shot that I think was supposed to be a laugh. But he wasn't doing any kind of like face that right. would indicate that he felt a certain way about whatever mm-hmm. was happening. So, yeah, I, I just feel like a couple times what was supposed to be jokes from him didn't work. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, we're finding things to gripe about. Overall, it was enjoyable, especially if you're going to have a couple drinks with your friends, which was what people were doing, and then coming to this movie. You're going to have a good time. It's, it's very funny. Ken honestly steals the show with how funny he is, Ryan Gosling. Such commitment. I mean, he plays, like, the ultimate himbo, which is, like, stupid, stupid ma- uh, muscle man, but not, like, evil. I feel like the movie does a good job of not making anyone evil or, like, like you just they're just confused. Do you want to know the three times I cried? Yes. Number one is when Barbie was sort of realizing that, like, the girl that plays with her is sad. And she's also sort of, like, sitting on this park bench in the real world, like, taking in different things in the world. Like, she sees different things that bring her joy, but, like, also that there's just, like, suffering and badness in this world. And she's gone through her whole life thinking her world is perfect and our world is perfect Mm -hmm. because of her. And now she sees it as bad and she's just, like, very upset. 
So that was very touching to me. Mm-hmm. That like, oh my gosh, our world is bad. But then she looks at this old woman and tells her she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the old woman mm-hmm. is like, I know. And that was just so fun and cute. Because I didn't know what she was going to say to this old woman. It could have been a joke. But she tells her she's beautiful. And she was a cute little old lady. Mm-hmm. And I love that that lady is feeling herself. So I cried during that. Like hard. I was like, I must release right now. <laughs> <laughs> I must release the emotions. The next moment, and maybe there was one in between, but the next one I can remember is America Ferreira's speech just about like how it is to be a woman. And like there's all these contradictions. Like we need to be you know, confident, but not bitchy. And yeah, you should want to be a mom, but you like need to have a career too. It's just like how there's like all these impossible expectations put on us. And I don't know that that just really got to me. And then there also at the end, there's like a montage of just real women. I heard an interview with Greta Gerwig, the director that it was just clips that they could get from people that worked on the movie. Just like any clips you could get of women, you know, or anything like that. But it was just a variety of women montaged over this beautiful Billie Eilish song called What Was I Made For? Which is sort of just like about not really knowing your purpose. Yeah. So I, I think it impacted me a lot more than you just because I've lived my life as a woman. Well, I mean, I think you were definitely the uh, audience for this. Mm-hmm. And the message is one that like I understand but do not live. I like the concept too that like th- they talk about this in the very beginning how we used to only be able to play with like baby dolls so we were only taught to be mothers but barbie sort of changed how we were able to imagine like suddenly we could role play as like adult women with different careers but that just like wasn't even a concept that little girls understood before barbie i mean maybe it was you could play with whatever but like having a physical adult doll was like no i can freaking do whatever i want but at the same time barbie for decades was always hot so which is also sort of like this double-edged sword, which the movie deals with. Like, yeah, Barbie, you did do this, but you also, like, ruined our self-esteem. Yeah, you're like, you could be a doctor if you're gorgeous. If you're blonde and tall and like, feet are per- like, pointy. Crazy thin. I also just really enjoyed Ken's journey because he's lived in this world where he's the sidekick. Yeah. And, like, doesn't have any of, like, the glory that Barbie has, which is, like, basically the mm-hmm. opposite of our world. So... He is then going through this, like, journey when she goes into the real world that is, like, what women have been going through for the last, like, mm-hmm. hundred years, where they're like, oh, we can do more? What, men are in charge here? <laughs> Just the idea of women not being in charge of every man is, like, sort of like, wait, what? A man can have agency? What the hell? Because in his world, like, literally his entire existence revolves around Barbie. Yeah. Like, it isn't just like, oh, I like Barbie. It's like, no, like, that's, he doesn't even have a job or he's just Beach Ken. Like, that's probably what the package says. He's just, he's just Beach, he just knows Beach. Yeah, I think my first Ken doll was basically this guy. He was, like, blonde and very tan. He came with, like, beach clothes. And my favorite joke, I think, we talked about this earlier, is when he first goes into this, like, lobby of a company and he sees this group of businessmen talking and this woman comes up to tell one of them something. And the guy's just like, not now. Bro. And he just gives her this very dismissive gesture and Ken like copies it. He loves it so much. The idea of telling a woman to wait a minute. So funny. Like, oh, wow. That's an option for me. I could tell them to be quiet. Yeah, he's just like, oh, my God, it's the best idea ever. 
He's so obsessed with horses for some reason because he sees a couple images of like men on horses. He thinks that's like part of it. He loves horses. Horse stuff is so funny. Yeah, he keeps telling that's part of the patriarchy is horses. And he just loves the patriarchy and ends up bringing it back to Barbie land where he teaches them to live by the patriarchy. I also love at the end when all the dudes are like coming up to fight or to talk to the Barbies or something. And they're all just riding pretend horses. (laughs) Oh my gosh, those I Am Kenuff shirts are going to sell like crazy. Oh, for sure. I don't know that I've seen them officially being sold yet, but like I've seen people say, I want one. You had slight issue with the fact that the women like use their sexuality to win in the end. Yeah, so Ken, and this is all done because he's stupid, and I, and I give the movie so much credit for this because it's Ken doesn't bring the patriarchy back to Barbie land with some sort of malicious intent. Essentially, Ken is struggling because he is designed to be Barbie's partner and she doesn't want to be with him. And like, like he just literally doesn't have another purpose. So he's just sort of trying to figure out what to do, how to be happy. So he brings the patriarchy back. And it's because all the people in Barbie land, like all the men are stupid, that it's not evil. And like when they when I say it's not evil, it's like bad and they're going to change it. But like you, you don't hate the Kens for doing this. It's just because they're stupid. (laughs) Like they don't even really get it. But Barbie and some other Barbies that she unbrainwashes decide they're going to like trick the men and then like pass a law to sort of get them all unbrainwashed. It's it's to make patriarchy not the case. So they go to do this and they decide they're going to use their knowledge from the real world on how to manipulate men to like distract the men. And the way they do that is by like using their jealousies by like being really flirty with one and then going being flirty with another one to get the men to like fight each other over their jealousy and like insecurity and then the women go past these laws but i was like what's the message here exactly like the way to beat the patriarchy is to like manipulate like it just seems a little like a weird message and it would have been this is the type of movie that could have gotten away with it they could have had their cake and eaten it too by making a meta joke about like was that cool that we did that it seems like a little weird and then been like i don't know but you know and then they could have like wink wink haha we're making fun of the fact that we did this yeah because they definitely make meta jokes like about they interrupt and say like margot robbie is not the vessel for this message about like getting older (laughs) not looking perfect (laughs) like she, she is though so it was just like a little weird to me. Like it didn't like ruin the movie for me, but I was like, "What? I'm, this this is weird that this is the conclusion here." Like we, this no one's going to address it. This is a little weird. But at the end, sort of the message is like men and women. Nobody should be in charge. It should just be like you can be whatever you want to be, and you don't need to be dependent on anyone for your happiness, which is kind of cool. So the the very last joke is that Barbie's going to the gynecologist. I think that this joke happens because Barbie ends up deciding to live in the real world. And I was like, Barbie's done everything. What's like the one thing she's never done? She doesn't have a real vagina, which they address several times in the movie, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But like, I wonder if this is like something she's never done. So this is a new thing for her. But do you think she grows a vagina when she decides to live in the world? I have to suspect she grew a vagina. It's either this is going to be a weird appointment because she doesn't have one or she's very excited to get it checked out because she's got one now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if they do a sequel, they're going to do a scene where someone starts the gynecology exam and just like screams because she's just not, <laughs> there's nothing. And we're, we're going to straight up see it, that it's nothing. I almost feel like if she grew a vagina, the better joke would have been like a masturbation joke where she's just like wakes up in bed or something. You like get the impression that she's like discovering it. Mm-hmm. What is this? Another thing that was really cool after the movie, I sort of alluded to this with like the outfit stuff. 
I was in the bathroom and there's just like all of us pink people in there having just seen this like very powerful movie. And I was just like, do we, should we talk about it? Are we going to like take over the world right now? Like, <laughs> But it was like this weird thing where I didn't know if some of them had seen it yet. Some of us probably just came out. Some of them were probably going in because it was in like every theater in the theater. It was just like a weird experience because it was like, we all just watched that, right? Like we should, we should talk about it and band together and be women. <laughs> right. But also just like, you know, watching people like primp and like look at themselves in the mirror while they're waiting for the bathroom. It was just like a weird experience after what we had just seen to like contextualize this idea of like us all trying to be a certain way for other women. You know what I mean? I don't know. It was just like weird to be in the bathroom after. Yeah, I could I could see that. It was weird for me, too. What was it like in your bathroom? Uh, there were women in there. Really? Yeah, there was just like three women and that was fine because the line to the bathroom after the Barbie movie was crazy for women. I think they were just like, I'm going to go in the men's room. What? Maybe they were empowered by the movie. Maybe they were just like, no, I'm not doing that line. So they went in the men's room. But the only reason that it was weird for me is just that I took a step in confidently and then I just had like a 10 second like panic. Like I just walked into the wrong bathroom and I was like uh, doing something awful. Huh. But then I was like, no, there's urinals, so I think I'm right. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't, you didn't tell me that. No, I mean, it was whatever. Those women were like, fuck it. We're taking over the patriarchy right now. <laughs> yeah. Take it to the patriarchy. Don't, don't put that in the podcast. No, don't put it's patriarchy. In. It's in. <laughs> but it was just this moment where I kept looking at the urinals like, no, I'm fine. I'm not doing anything wrong. Just because <laughs> I was like afraid that I had walked in the wrong bathroom and was like going to freak someone out. Also, I feel like bathrooms would be just nicer if there was just like a very small, narrow bathroom that was just like all urinals. As opposed to? And then just a bunch of just stalls, like more stalls. So you'd like a separate poop room? Yeah, well, I, no, not a separate poop room, just a separate stall room. That way women and men are waiting for stalls. I and see. then men and women who have devices that allow them to urinate while standing up can use the urinals. That's very inclusive language. I don't know if it was or was not, but I feel like that's just like, cause sometimes you got to pee and that would encourage women to figure out ways to pee standing up. What is that thing called? Well, it's called a piece of celery, but um, no. <laughs> there is like a device too, I think. There <laughs> is. And that'd be great. Cause then it's like the line for the stalls will be shorter and women can just, we could just all pee quickly in the uh, urinals. Yeah. I, I think there's more to it. No, that is solves everything, and I'm upset <laughs> that Barbie didn't suggest this. I guess anyone's mad. I'm kidding. I was not saying Stacey's actually wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all for our thoughts on Barbie. Anything else? No, I think it was pretty funny. I, I laughed quite a bit at this movie, and um, I bet for pe- women who played with Barbies, this was just like such a thrill. Like, I, this is how I felt during Lego, which had less of an empowering message, but just like. Every little Lego set that I recognized or piece that I, it was like, oh, this is like it's tickling some nostalgia part of my brain. I can only imagine that's how it was for women watching this movie. Yeah, I, I played with a lot of Barbies and I'm a woman, so I, I thought it was nearly perfect. And if you would mm-hmm. like to talk about it more, reach out. Oppenheimer. I preferred Barbie. I went in thinking I would prefer Oppenheimer. And I, I wouldn't say I was like disappointed i think it was a very good movie i just don't think it was as good as i was expecting it to be Mm -hmm. we're gonna do spoiler free for a little bit here acting's great the scale of it's very impressive it didn't feel long it didn't and we had just sat through a movie like i think because of it being a true story and how it's divided up and how it's paced the back hour of it is less action 
like the the big thing happens kind of towards like the two thirds mark. So then there is an hour of just like a lot of talking, but that's just kind of how it had to be. Yeah. I love John Nolan, but I do think that some of his movies aren't as great as some other people think. Like I didn't love Tenant. No, I don't know that many people did. I feel some people really loved it. And I, you know, maybe there's a lot that I missed or didn't understand or like didn't appreciate. I only saw it once, but I wasn't in love with it. But some of his other stuff I really did love. I saw The Dark Knight like three times in theaters. Yeah, I saw Inception a million times. I didn't mean to say a million like to up up yours. I just meant. <laughs> and I've done, I've seen a different one way more than you. Okay, and I've I saw Memento more. And there's still infinity times. <laughs> that's that's a funny one to pick and say infinity times. I know I didn't mean to, but as it came out of my mouth, I was like, "Wow, you're good." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had an issue with this movie too. So as you guys know, the nuclear bomb was bad uh, mm-hmm. as far as. The destruction it caused was massive and did horrible things to a lot of innocent Japanese people. Are you going into spoilers or you're being vague about your thoughts? I'm being vague. Okay. You should already know that. That's not a movie (laughs) spoiler. It's just history. If you didn't, spoilers. It happened a long time ago. Read up. And the movie does deal with the fact that Oppenheimer wants to create this bomb. Then he does. But then afterwards, after he sees all the destruction and stuff, he has second thoughts about whether that was the right thing to do and about whether or not they should continue to do nuclear research because... Uh, he doesn't like the chaos he's caused, and he's afraid that he may end up ending the world because of creating these bombs. But the movie does not really pay much respect to all the people that were gravely injured by this bomb. There's a scene where he sees some things that allude to some of the horrors of the nuclear blast. That's all I'll say. And there's a scene where some people are looking at a slideshow of some of the effects of the blast and what happened to some of the victims. And you can tell from people's reaction that it's not good. It's bad. But that's like really all we get other than a few people saying stuff like, oh, some people died months later horribly, even though they thought they were safe. Yeah. Anything that's like about the horrors of it is implied more than shown for the most part. And the thing is, is I get that because like what the nuclear bomb did physically did to people was so horrendously nightmarish. I keep saying the nightmarish because I mean, that is what it's bad. It's like the worst thing that can happen. You're melting. You know what I mean? People died slowly over time. Thousands of people. I get that we don't want to watch that. We don't want visuals of that because it's going to be gross. It's going to be like disgusting. People could throw up at this stuff and people aren't. You know, it's hard to enjoy a movie when you're like in this super bummer thing, especially when you know this shit's real. But in the same token, it's like, but it did happen. These things are Mm. real. And I think in a movie about it, it's worth talking about and like spending some time paying respect to the people that this happened to by being honest about what happened. Yeah, I think they could have pushed it a little further while still being respectful of the tragedy. Like, it's almost like they, they sanitize the movie, being like, oh, yeah, some bad stuff happened. It was real bad. I'm like, well, okay, well, we should, like, get a glimpse of that, really, like a bit of a more glimpse. Especially since he's so tormented by it. Exactly. If that wasn't a plot point, okay, but it is. Like, that he is like, oh, yeah, this is, shouldn't have done this. Anyway, that was my two cents on that. I would have liked that. My other issue with the movie was just that, like, the movie is about him building the bomb, but really it comes down to the showdown about security clearance that at the end of the day really does not feel very climactic the major (laughs) framing device is him getting security clearance either passed or revoked and it's like really we're not talking about the war or like the devastation of it we're just we're gonna the big crux is all coming down to this little bitty board moon meeting it's like the smallest room possible okay let's okay so we'll we'll trans i want to get into like more specific so let's transition into spoiler stuff now okay 
skip ahead to the goodbyes if you don't want Oppenheimer spoilers. I think that the security clearance thing, yeah, that that is like actually what's happening. But I think him not getting it specifically represents him like no longer being a voice in the room that's like, hey, let's not do nuclear stuff. It's bad. And they're like, sure. well, you were on board when you were building it, dude. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's sort of more the weight of it is like now he can he, it's like out of his hands. This man who's like, yeah, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this is like no longer allowed a seat at the table. And I get that, but it just it just seems like the stakes are so much lower, given that it's about, like, the most powerful weapon on the planet. I don't know too much about this in general, but a few things that I've read are, like, they kind of just wanted to test it to see how it would work, since they had, like, spent so much money on it. Because their plan was to use it on the Germans, and they're like, yeah, probably didn't need to use it, but they were like, well, we did this. Let's also, like, a show of force for Russia, I think. Yeah. Because they specifically selected cities that they hadn't been attacking so that they would be, like, fully intact. So mm-hmm. They could, like, measure the damage alone from the bomb. That's kind of messed up. And, like, I think Oppenheimer yeah. himself was like, yeah, I, I do want to see how this works. It's not quite the same as, like, testing it on the desert. So I see why he was torn and conflicted. But, yeah, I, I think it was less about the science than I was expecting. Like I thought we would see a lot more of like the process of them coming up with building it. We didn't really see any of that. It was a lot of them just talking about it. But the actual like testing of the bomb was really cool. Yeah. There was a lot of good tension in that scene. Killian Murphy was great. A lot of the artistic choices were really cool. The music's really good. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of money went into this and you can see it and it pays off. A lot of very talented people made this movie. And there's some cool framing devices they do with color that you, I actually thought that was just kind of ingenious where some of the scenes were in black and white and some of the scenes were in color. And when you're watching it, it seems like, oh, the black and white is done so that we know it's at a different time period. But really, it's because it's from a different character's point of view. Because then later, you're like, why is this? Oh, it's because this is from his point of view. It's, it's not, it has nothing to do with time. Yeah, everyone says that the script is written in first person, which I think must literally mean like, the stage directions don't say, like, Oppenheimer walks down the stairs. He sees his wife looking sad. It's like, I walked down the stairs and my wife was there crying. I, mm. I don't, I haven't read the script, but I'm guessing that's what that means. Yeah, I assume the same. At, at least the parts that are in color that are of his memories. Which, yeah, I, you, you don't read scripts that way. So, that's interesting. Um, I feel like it was slightly hard to follow. Like, I would definitely watch it again just to, to catch everything. I like movies like that. Where it's sort of told non-linearly, but it really mm-hmm. like throws you into it quickly in different timelines. Yeah. And you can kind of tell when it's switching because he's styled a little more young looking. But like we're seeing like his kind of earlier education days, also the future kind of quick cuts very early on in the movie. So it's a little hard to like orient yourself. But yeah, especially that scene where they're launching the bomb. I thought the tension was really good. Yeah, that was really well done. The artistic choices are pretty cool. I liked it a lot. And the just the, the weight of this being a huge decision was like a big part of it. I, I do think they could have pushed that a little further at points. Mm-hmm. It was clear the government like rushed it. Like he, he wanted to test it more, like make sure it was ready. I mean, to be fair, every test cost a lot of money. So I get why they uh-huh. didn't want to just keep testing it. Did, what did you think of the end? So the end is him telling Einstein, we were afraid briefly that like this bomb, you know, could have like a chain reaction that would eventually like just destroy the world. And that turns out to not be the case, at least not the way that they were originally worried it might be. But he says, I think we did. Meaning, I think like the domino effect. And at the end of the the last domino is going to be like 
this caused Russia to make a bunch of nukes and someone's going to fire at one and there's enough nukes now to end the world. Yeah, politically, this is like awful. Yeah. Because we, we have the ability to destroy the world now. The chain reaction is a political one, not... Yes. yes, yes, yes. But then they show like a shot of the globe like starting on fire. Do you think that's maybe just to represent like his vision, you know, like his a dream scenario he's having where the world does get destroyed because yeah because he's haunted by visions his whole life which yeah. is another thing i wish they actually had talked about more but uh i think that's just one of his visions of the future yeah more nudity than you'd expect <laughs> sure it's funny because like from what i knew of him before he doesn't seem that much of like a womanizer but he really was oh oppenheimer yeah, yeah. he's very confident you'd have to be yeah i think you would have to be to make a bomb that might end the world <laughs> To press that button the first time, yeah. <laughs> we did not see an IMAX because we have a, a movie pass that doesn't have an IMAX theater, but it is available in New York. It's just sold out for like weeks, so maybe we'll go see it again in IMAX? We'll see. I don't know how much it would matter. I've heard you have to see it in IMAX. I feel like there's some stuff that would probably look cooler, but I don't know. Maybe I'd feel differently if I'd seen it in IMAX. Let us know if you did. Yeah. And if it was life-changing. Any last thoughts on Oppenheimer? I don't think so. Okay. Well, like we said, next week we'll be discussing season seven as a whole. Recapping both seasons, counting down our favorite and least favorite moments, and choosing our favorite episodes. We'll also reveal which show we voted for the most and which show we thought had a better season seven overall. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Barbie and or Oppenheimer. Yeah, let us know which movie you liked more. Do you think we're wrong about anything? Is there any jokes or important points we missed? These are just quick recaps. We'll be down to talk about them more in our DMs. Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer. Or you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY. For more Buffy and Gilmore bonus content, follow us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash brianandstacy, where we post weekly video recaps of Angel, host monthly live stream watch parties, post monthly outtakes, and more. For more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If you want to support our content, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description or in our social media bios. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast. Thank you so much for putting up with our week delay. I'm sorry, everybody. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy for us right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on with birthdays and jobs. And And I become death. Oh, wow. Yeah, try our worlds. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. You didn't tell me about that. Yeah, I should have. When? Just the other day. What caused it? Uh, I just like hadn't eaten all day. Okay. You know, we didn't talk about this, but there weirdly was a lot of overlap between the two. I think our brains are just wired to find connections. But Yeah, a like, lot of horses. <laughs> horses both mentioned mermaids. Yeah. I feel like there's just a couple thematic things too, like death. Mm -hmm. None of this is spoilers if you skipped ahead to the end, but there was at least four times where I looked at you like, whoa. What's going this on? This is in the other movie, bro. Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about it the whole when we go to movies. That's our movie yeah. voice. We always, say, we always say Amy, no matter who wrote the movie. Amy. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this bonus, unusual episode. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.